Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the Human Source Codex. Today, Kelly and I are going to jump into a little bit of sweet, juicy uh, confrontation um, that we have found through a couple of our posts. So if you haven't followed us or don't follow us on, let's uh, just say, Facebook and other channels, jump in there now, add us as a friend, and you can see what we we're talking about. I put out a post yesterday or a couple of days ago, and the quote was along the lines of, if you're financially poor, it's because you do not value or do not care enough about serving society, right? Now, this got a lot of traction in the form of likes and comments, but the comments weren't like, yeah, I agree, Ben and Kelly. It was more like, what? Like, again, it was this discomfort and people being triggered emotionally to this, and it really revealed their level of consciousness the level of awareness, right, to this. And now Kelly want to kind of, Kelly and I want to really unpack what this looks like. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's, it, thanks, Ben. It's been, a, it's, it's quite interesting, you know, whatever, whatever posts or comments or that show up on social media, I like to actually view them objectively and look at and ask questions around, oh, that's interesting. Why is that person potentially triggered or in agreement to the, the quotes or the posts or the, or the you know, blogs that we actually do write? And we, we start to actually see like this law of a risk escalation actually show up that there's going to be equal amounts of people that are for something and equal, equal amounts of people that are potentially against something. And what I what I'm what I am interested to see is that there is not a lot of objectivity that actually comes through through these particular things. There was one that was a little close to it, but but not quite. Um, and so I just want to bring that in. But it's also looking at you know the words on the page and how people up you know they get their perceptions triggered by what words on a page might potentially mean which is directly proportionate to, to how that they actually value life themselves or if they have triggers and pain points from the past that they have, haven't had them integrated and they haven't looked at them being from an objective standpoint. So I find that, that side of things actually really interesting. But from this particular post, like the words are, if you are financially poor, you simply don't care enough about serving society mm. so it's also looking at the words on the page and what they mean specifically you wrote it mm. so i'm going to ask you the the question like what did that specifically mean to you when you put those words on the page great question so what that means to me and again i did it to create an effect however i still have a subjective bias right towards business and finances and other areas what that means to me is that if you're financially poor, because we live on an economic planet, then you do not care enough about going to the marketplace, society, humanity, with a product or a service that solves a problem or fills a need. And that really is the essence of it. So if anyone's being triggered by that, that is my perception and my, my, uh, the, the essence behind writing that. Again, it might have been a little bit cryptic the way it was written, 
but that really is it. Because we live on an economic planet, we don't walk around anymore trading seashells and tomatoes and things as a medium of exchange. We have, as a society, humanity, agreed on a medium of exchange, which is currency in different forms. So again, if you're financially poor, it's because you don't have enough of a value on a product, a service, and coming to the marketplace. Now, you don't have to be, not saying anyone has to be self-employed or an entrepreneur. You could be in a, in a, in a, working in a, in a job or as an employee. But this is the point that I was trying to make. Okay, perfect. So I just want to come back to that is that it is like the, the medium of exchange, right? Like financially means that we actually exchange money in terms of fair exchange. You provide a service, I pay you money for it. You provide me a good, I pay you money for it. So that is in the essence of fair exchange, the energy of exchange that has been um, determined as the primary way that we can actually function to be able to determine exchange, right? There still is some barter system going on, you know, like I'm sure everybody does do that where they exchange tomatoes for beef or et cetera, et cetera. You know, yeah. like I, I do that, we all do that, but it's not, it, but still in our minds with that, we have to give, you know, tomatoes a sense of value and then beef a sense of value to how many tomatoes we're going to get for a pound of beef, right? So it's still relationary to the derivative of dollar value. Does that make sense? So that, that is the primary source of energy exchange that we have been delineated off as humans in terms of the way that we, we actually uh, operate in financial systems, but also in giving and receiving as such. But mm. the, 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 the word here is financial. So, you know, we can, we can have extenuations off that in terms of wealth, which is what was coming up in that. But that's not what we're talking about because wealth can be a derivative in so many other forms. And to me, that is proportionate to your financial wealth, uh, your financial status. And uh, it's also perceptional in what you determine as being poor, right? I've been to Africa and I was in Kenya um, two years ago and I was in a Maasai village. Now, I went there and the, the, the village, you could say, from our standards was poor because in my perception or our perception that they didn't have money to be able to substantiate our life to, relative to the way that we're conditioned to actually living. But... I can absolutely disagree with that because when I went there, these guys were entrepreneurial as fuck, you know, like we were doing bar exchange and they knew their dollar value in terms of um, to sell their, you know, their wares and the things that they make to the tourists. And so that was then dispersed through the village and kept the village alive and kept the kids alive and all this particular thing to be able to source the things that they needed for survival so their needs and their values are just different to what we as, you know, Western society actually may perceive or think that we need to live. But our costs are also higher to here as well, right? So, you know, but these guys were still able to actually be of service in a way about, and they cared enough to be able to create, uh, you know, earrings and belts and, and clothing and, and different uh, wares I'm just going to call them 
to be able to sell them to those that came to their village, right? So they're still providing a service. They're providing products and they're providing a service. Mm -hmm. So they would also dance for us and then we would actually give them in exchange for, you know, them dancing, et cetera. So you pay for that service. So again, it comes back to what you, what you are conditioned to believe financially poor represents in your mind in consciousness yeah and, but but again there's a few different hooks in that and, and a couple of them is that a lot of the comments coming back and uh, especially more in your thread kelly was around um again this 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 concept of wealth and happiness right and if you look up the etymology um the root word of of wealth you know it really talks to more around well-being so when you can say like a wealthy life, you know, like what's your well-being and your health and your family relationships and your social dynamics and all areas of life. But the quote specifically said, financially poor, right? So when people start commenting back, you really start to get a sense of, oh, this is their belief. This is their perception of the quote, right? So as I discussed, you know, Kelly and I are running a, a five-day coaching experience at the moment and I said yesterday in, in the coaching lesson around when we have a limiting belief it's like being in a glass box you have no idea you're in a glass box there's no contrast there's no way to know this is a limiting belief as soon as you're brought in some knowledge or a different perspective your glass box now has a sense of a bit of color so you now are, are aware that maybe you're seeing something as, as a one-sided view. This is kind of, I'm sure you guys, that makes sense. So if we extrapolate that out, when you get triggered by something, it would probably be wise to go, huh, why am I reacting to this? And does this come from a limiting belief? Now, using some stereotypes, maybe this comes up if you're brought up in a heavily religious upbringing, that is one when it comes to finances or, you know, in, in polarizing good and bad. Because, again, it's wisdom to go about looking and going through life, seeking the whole of something rather than being triggered by everything and polarized to one side. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we could also flip that, you know, quote into if you're financially... Uh, if you're financial, then you actually do care about serving society. So, you know, it would be interesting to see if we put them side by side and it's saying the same thing in the essence of that. But mm -hmm. one is one has a different vibration of frequency to it that would probably be less triggerable to, to people. But I'm curious to the way that it was actually written to how it's actually bringing the triggers forth, you know, in terms of energy and vibration. And again, yeah. I come back to is that um, there is these charges from people, whether they're conscious or unconscious, that they are being charged by that because they have this disattachment to money or they actually view money as being evil or bad through conditioning, et cetera, et cetera, as well too, right? But mm -hmm. it, is, it is, we keep coming back to, it is the primary medium of exchange that we actually live our lives by, Um in all countries, right? Like money buys food for people that are in Africa that may not be able to, you know, 
in their minds afford to actually buy stuff. And one of the one of the posts on here was quite beautiful. Actually, it demonstrates that it's called useful usefulgifts.org, and where you can actually donate or buy gifts through that to actually give to others that way, right? Eggs or whatever yeah. to keep a person alive. But I yeah. have to question. Um, because there is also the question that's floating around, do all, do all humans have the same sense of opportunity to be able to create or to be able to receive, let's just say financially, in the world? Is, is that a balanced equation that mm-hmm. is across humanity? And, you know, like I'm sitting on the paradox of that is, you know, when I really go deep into it, it's like because I have travelled a fair bit and I have seen third world countries and I have, you know, in and I have been conditioned to live a certain way too as well. So I'm looking at my attachment to my understanding of the way that I've lived my life, right? So I'm comparing, but I'm comparing from my values that have been with me throughout through conditioning and subordinations as well too so i don't think you could compare apples to apples in in that form like it's more apples to oranges in 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 a way it's it's just going to be in a different form that they may be able to create or to be able to be of service to humanity and and if I see, you know, we could say third world countries that don't have the level of exchange like we do in terms of dollars, that they are still being of service to humanity in a way, but they're just potentially not being re- remunerated in the medium of exchange that we're used to, right? Now, I do believe that every person on this planet mm-hmm. has the opportunity to be able to become conscious to how to utilise their their, their mind and how to utilize you know their creativity to be able to create and develop something there's a beautiful documentary about um, a young boy in Africa it's called the boy who harnessed the wind right that was able to uh, bring water to a village just through meditation and creation and you know looking up certain things so when, when we take that, we can see that it is doable. It's just getting past the limiting belief systems or the projections or, or the way that we want to see people. Now, um, so I watched a doco last night, you know, and thanks, Ben, for referring that. So what was it called? The Coach's Playbook or something. And there, there was the first one in the beginning. I can't remember his name. He was a basketball coach. And... Um, he came from what he called the wrong side of the hood in Chicago. He grew up in the back streets of of, um, of Chicago, very poor. In his words, in perception of very poor, his father was a police officer and his mother was, as in his words, like very tough. And the words that they kept using to them is that we will not be victims. No matter what happens to us, we will not be the victims of circumstance, right? And I was like, okay, this is really interesting, right? We can play those mantras to ourselves and keep telling us those things then but that becomes a belief too as well but it also gives a derivative of energy that actually drives the drives the you know a person to potentially go forward so there's vibration and frequency in that do you understand what i'm saying ben it's um there's a vibration and frequency in in your beliefs and you know they this guy was like i'm not going to be a victim 
of circumstance. I'm going to I have this I have this dream to become a basketball player. And then he, he realized he wasn't good enough to be a basketball player in in the NBA, et cetera, et cetera. So therefore, you know, but that didn't stop him from actually going to the to still staying within the element of what he enjoyed or where his heart was, right? He gave himself permission mm-hmm. to actually step into that and became one of the greatest basketball coaches of all time, you know. And mm-hmm. we could say that that's a happy ending kind of story at a monumental level that people love to sensationalise and put into movies. But it happened in the same thing with the guy, the boy who harnessed the wind. Mm-hmm. You could say there's this young boy in Africa who then turned into a documentary, you know, that inspired so many people around the world. So... Mm-hmm. There is, there is the opportunity for, for I, I believe, for all people on the planet to be able to, to step into their, their, their essence of who that they wish to be, to be able to have the opportunity to receive financial wealth or financial exchange in a form that fits them. Mm-hmm. Again, is everything that you were just saying is there was many layers too. And one that kind of jumped up a few times when you're talking about vibration or frequency, you know, for anyone that's kind of new to those words or, or trying to understand, understand that maybe you'll go look them up, but it's essentially delving into the realms of physics and quantum physics and things that when you really start to increase your awareness at quite a high level, we start really looking at things on what's, what's everything made up of, including thoughts and energies and stuff. But to pivot a little bit, again, coming back to that post, at a, at a finite level, at a, at, a, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a lower level, there is, and this is why it's impacted me, so I wanted to bring it up. When you're really triggered by something emotionally, it's the biggest blessing when you can sit and go, oh, why am I being triggered emotionally? Because it can bring awareness to a limiting belief bring awareness to your disempowerment, which essentially means an area that you're not empowered, right? Now, I don't know about anyone listening, but I certainly would love to live a life where I'm empowering all areas of my life because I can have more mastery over my life, more mastery over my mind and have a fulfilling experience, right? So again, if there's anything that we could give as a takeaway or I could give you guys as a takeaway would be be aware to what you get emotionally triggered by and triggered is just another word for action reaction and to sit like, why am I being triggered? And then really sit in that. And what's the other side of that? Because I used, I used to be triggered by um, people being financially successful because at the time I perceived myself as not being financially successful. So then I needed to go in and look at a whole lot of different things that you can go through a podcast from, am I setting setting fantasies for myself? So I keep attracting the nightmare in the form of fears and limiting beliefs and procrastinations all to wake me up. And the more, again, I really encourage you to go back and listen to our podcast is you can start to piece this stuff together, which will bring you another level of fulfillment. But as we kind of wrap this up on that quote and talking about triggers and what that, what that, the essence of why I wrote that and to kind of go back to again was when we look at the quote that I wrote was really looking at more as 
if you are financially poor, financially economic of dollars or whatever currency, if you are financially poor, it's because maybe you don't care enough about being innovative and creative enough to go into the marketplace and serve society with a service or product. Doesn't mean you have to be an entrepreneur, doesn't mean you have to be self-employed. You are still serving society by being an employee because you're helping the business, you're helping the corporation fulfill a need, fulfill a pain. So it's not making you wrong or right whether you're self-employed or not, but that's what I wanted to kind of more get the grasp of. But again, I did it for the essence of, I'd love to see what this triggers in people. Well, exactly. You know, I understand your perspective of it. And it, it is interesting too, like a, being a consultant of human behaviour, you know, straight away I would, I would look at if you're being triggered by the word financial um, wealth, I don't think you even used the word wealth, did you? No, I just got financially poor. Financially poor. So you really polarised it. Um, <laughs> so I would, I would ask, you know, is, is the trigger financially, is the word financial or is the trigger poor? And yeah, and really going deep into like what part of that is is still within you as a person that is being triggered by that. Where are you still poor and you're judging yourself for it, right? Mm. And what is it that you're actually judging yourself for? Is it because that you potentially have uh, a certain amount of money that you feel guilty of that, that there is other people in the world that don't have the opportunity in your perception to be able to, have the money that you have or is it that you are in your perception poor and you're judging other people for having money and so therefore you're you're saying you know you're you're like i think one of the words in there is that um hmm, the, huh? the entitlement yeah or you don't care about society as such right so you're potentially triggered by the word poor which is still within you which is a beautiful sentiment it's like hey go have a look at that yeah i'm triggered by that like what does it actually mean to me what what fantasies have i got that i've created a nightmare within myself to be triggered by the word poor and or if you're triggered by the word financial then um what is that trying to reveal to you in terms of the truth that you potentially could go and investigate as well too in terms of uh, in your belief systems of what is financial? What does financial mean to you? Like what's the level of finances that you're actually subordinating to that you perceive is going to give you the greatest uh, life that you possibly could have that you're still attached to, right? Because you think that that's going to give you more benefits and drawbacks, but really, you know, we can go delve into that. So there's this whole, whole thing at play, you know, quite a lot of vectors that are actually happening here. And to be able to simplify it is um, when we have other worth, right, which means that we, we can actually uh, give gratitude and have a sense of fulfilment of actually serving others, then what, you know, I just want you to sit in that. When we have other worth, we have gratitude and fulfilment for actually serving others, what does that give us, right? It gives us a, a sense of self-worth. So then when we, we put those two things together, then that equals what we call net worth. So our vibration and our frequency tends to, tends to, to rise up and we become more attractive in nature. So people are more attracted to you in that format. 
So, you know, there's this equation that's, you know, a universal equation that's relationary to, uh, let's just say, financial wealth building. And we could say, what's the opposite of poor is rich. So we put those two together. That's where we, we get what? Financial interdependence, because one is never separated from each other. But we've been taught to actually look at for financial independence or financial freedom, which is bullshit. So I want you to look at is that come back to interdependence, is that self-worth and other worth, we could say, creates financial interdependence of net worth. And this is where we transcend from the I state, like I need, I want to, and I'm doing this for me to actually the we stage. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like we, we transcend that I component. I need, I want, I have, I've got to, da, 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 da. And that's also with me. Then we, we go into the we. So it's self and other in at the exact same time in fair exchange in universal order creates net worth, which also creates a high vibrational frequency in terms of human being that is more attractive in nature. Mm, I love so, that. I'm glad that you... It, so, um, so I just wanted to bring that into awareness of, of what is actually occurring. And it doesn't... And every person has a, has a, has a like a, what do you call it? Like a, something that they have as a, a value level. You know, what they determine as successful or financial or whatever you want to call it. You know, if I went and spoke to, yeah, like if I went and spoke to the kids in Africa, you know, it would be, um, it would be maybe a dollar, you know. So um, that's, that's their level. But here in, in say, like America and, and Australia where we have this different level, right, that we're actually. A lot of that is is taught and learned, right? You, you grow up around advertising and marketing. There's so many constructs too that we could say is contributed to our belief systems, right? Totally. But if we, we break it down to, simp to simplify it into, you know, like other worth, self-worth, and that is, that is that if you can, you can have gratitude and inspiration and have fulfillment of being ser of service to others in any form, you're like, hey, I'm doing this podcast and I have, and you know, I'm being of service, creating, uh, you know, different belief systems or mindsets or integrating people's minds to, to, to what, to be able to help them actually grow their own lives. And you could say, um, this is other worth. So I'm giving this in other worth in the essence of to, to have self-worth come back. Cause I love doing it. Absolutely love doing it. And we put this out for free it's still available to any person around the world to learn this information from, right? So, um, and by doing this actually gives me an element of net worth in exchange as well too, right? Mm -hmm. mm. Just, and just to, just to kind of wrap this up, as, as you have brought in the self-worth, uh, other worth and net worth, for all the my hungry brothers and sisters out there that are entrepreneurial or want to be entrepreneurial or self-employed or anything where they're controlling their own financial destiny. When I, when I, and this wasn't too long ago, 
when I reduce the fantasy of a metric of a financial goal that I wanted to achieve, that kept birthing fear because I was attached to the outcome and started focusing more on how many people would I need to serve or do I want to serve in order to get the kind of finances I desire, it didn't birth the same fear because I was strictly focused on what communication do I need to get right? What messaging, what product, what services require the market? I went straight more, I went, I went more for focusing on the other individual rather than focusing on a, on a, a lifeless number, a nebulous number, right? And just as Kelly just mentioned, when you have other worth, which is what I'm just talking about now, you create self-worth because you're being of value to someone else, you create net worth, right? There's a, there's a, there's a huge distinction. I was gonna to touch on something else before, but now I have forgotten. But unless you have anything else to, um, to add to that, Kelly, I think we could probably wrap up this, this podcast. I'm sure I would have a shit ton of more stuff <laughs> then, but um, let's just let's just keep it at that. So, um, if you have any questions regarding what we've just discussed here or talked about, or you'd like to actually discuss it deeper, uh, you, you know, you know where to find us. Ben will put all the stuff in the in the show notes in um, in Spotify and Apple and and those places where you can tap in. But um, thank you for listening. And I uh, really enjoy these conversations as well. Thank you. Perfect. We'll see you guys next time on the Human Source Codex. Catch ya.